Thanks for tuning in to Balanced Black Girl. My name is Les. I'm your host, and I appreciate you being here. We are halfway through our month of conversations about intimacy. Earlier this month, we covered why intimacy and connection are important for our health. Last week, we talked about platonic intimacy, and today is when things are getting juicy. We are talking about the intersection of sensuality and spirituality. I'm joined today by Crystal Taylor. Crystal is a certified Tantra yoga instructor who specializes in educating and supporting individuals towards sexual wholeness. Her unique coaching approach involves sharing ancient yogic philosophy, ancestral practices, as well as her own sensual yet down-to-earth techniques. Crystal and I talk about unpacking sexual shame and feeling more comfortable in our bodies and sensuality. We talk about why sex and intimacy are two different things and they're not interchangeable and how practices like yoga, tantra, and being in nature can help us connect with our sensuality. So let's get into our conversation with Crystal. Crystal, welcome to Balanced Black Girl. I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you for having me. This month on the podcast, we are talking all about intimacy and the different forms of intimacy. And I'm really excited to talk to you about intimacy and how it relates to, as you call it, sexual wholeness. And we're really going to get into that today. But first, I would love to just share a little bit more of your story with our listeners. What sparked your interest in sexual healing and how you came to this work? That's a great question and one I get asked pretty often which makes sense because I grew up I grew up in Houston, Texas, Christian Baptist. I come from a broken home, but I was adopted and by my stepfather, so I had quite a bit of dysfunction but still very middle class suburban life. I would say I had a very average life for a black girl growing up in Houston, Texas and Somewhere along the way of adulthood, I ended up getting into Tantra and yoga. And that started with looking for myself in the midst of having kids when I did not plan to have children (laughs) And, and being an athlete, getting back into running, having injuries and and just feeling, I don't know, like. I'm sure you have, since you have this podcast, like you feel a calling, like there's something more to life and maybe you've been moving through life, not as aware. And so I was kind of in that place. I had three kids right out of college and um, I had got back into running because I was a collegiate athlete and that was like where I found my peace. And so, but there was something more. And then I got injured and all of a sudden I couldn't run. And that was my piece (laughs) besides, Mm -hmm. you know, what I was taught about religion. And so I just started seeking answers as I was healing and hip injury, right? So I was in the pelvic region and um, nothing was really happening. During that time, I took yoga teacher training, 200 hour, when I was in Knoxville, Tennessee, of all places, Mm -hmm. one of the only black yoga teachers there at the time, (laughs) and um, really being intentional about trying to heal my hip injury. And I started to dream a lot of unique dreams, like sci-fi floating in the space, having these kind of um, energetic orgasms that turned into rainbows that shot out of my head. And I'm like, what is this? (laughs) But there, there was always this like orgasmic energy in the dream sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. And I was like, what is this about? And in connection to my hips and me trying to heal. So I just started to do a lot of research and and look up things and 
that's the first time I learned about goddesses. And I'm like, well, are there any black goddesses? And I found out that there were. And I ended up learning under a Tantra teacher before I even knew what Tantra was. And so I started to share what I learned on Instagram that kind of slowly organically evolved to and people were like, hey, like this is kind of cool. We want to learn more. And so I just keep sharing and it kind of just turned into a business. So yeah, yeah. That's such a beautiful story coming from your own need and then that organic kind of sharing your experience as you're going through it. I think is often the most authentic way to start something. Yeah, yeah. It's I also think that it's great because I get to teach from a place of experience mm-hmm. and like a voice that I needed to hear. Yeah. Like I'm sure I'm not the only black woman that was sexually suppressed yeah. <laughs> or has been sexually suppressed and didn't realize that till later on after taking care of everybody else and realizing, oh my gosh, this is, must be a really important part of my life if it's affecting my subconscious mind and bringing up dreams, you know, because what the yoga did is it unlocked a lot of energy because it was focused in my pelvic region. And I, I think that being able to have a story with a theme of teaching that's so like people are just not as aware of this type of information to have a story of experience, to be able to teach from that place. Um, I am greatly appreciative, even though it was kind of intense. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Thank you for sharing that. And there's a few, a few nuggets that you've already mentioned that I'm like, okay, I want to get back into this. The first was you um, mentioned your experience being sexually suppressed. And so I would love to talk about sexual suppression and what that looks like and what that feels like and why that happens. And specifically for Black women, how that shows up for us and, and where does that come from for us? Yeah, I think for me personally, and probably there may be some listeners that can relate, it's just growing up and being a young person and maybe being exposed either to natural arousing tingly feelings, like maybe when you're in the bathtub where you're rubbing against a like pillow and you discover something. For me, it was a combination of those things. My first sexual experience, as I like to call it, which wasn't about penetrative sex or oral sex. It was me and my mom's best friend's son. We were around the same age. We used to take baths together and everything. I think I was around three or four years old. We were laying in the bed and they left something on TV that we probably didn't need to be watching. (laughs) And we were trying to imitate what we saw. And Mm -hmm. I think we kind of just kind of rolled around and I probably felt something, some type of clitoral stimulation. And I was like, ooh, and I told my mom and she shut that down real fast, Yeah, you know? And I don't remember specifically what she said, but I think it's the tone and the energy of what I talked about. And so from that moment on, I didn't forget the the feeling because it was so exciting, but I used to rub against my pillow and play house with my girlfriends and (laughs) do Mm -hmm. things were just to like play with that energy more. And then I think as I become, became aware of religion and religious doctrine and scriptures and the tone around sexuality and what was appropriate waiting to you, got married. And it's like, oh, okay. So then that's kind of shut down completely for 
a while and then you get to your teenage years and hormones. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, there's the religious doctrine. And so there's this inner conflict, I think, of wanting to be sexy, feel sexy and sensual because that naturally comes up. I remember when I was started my cycle and I had my little hips started to come out and my legs got shapely and, you know, I was feeling myself, but then there's like a, wait a minute, but you know, you gotta be a good girl. So I think a lot for me, a lot of it comes from the things that I was taught in wanting to be loved and accepted and do the right thing. But then having this inner conflict, but wait a minute, you know, I want to feel, there's something that feels good about this energy. So I think a lot of it's the inner conflict of, you know, what I'm taught versus what I'm feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. And how much contradicting happens because a lot of that depends on maybe what that specific environment is or what specific age you're at where you're maybe taught, okay, be good, focus on school, do this, have these ducks in a row. But then if you get to a certain age where maybe you haven't had kids yet or you're single or whatever, you're not prioritizing that part of your life. It's like, well, why haven't you done this yet? And I'm like, well, for the past two decades, you told me to go... (laughs) you know, be good and focus on this. It's not like a light switch. And so there is so much contradiction, I think, that we receive from a messaging standpoint. Yeah. And even in our relationships, I feel like being labeled as different women, right? Oh, this is the sexy girl. This is the good girl. This is the girl you marry. This is the girl you date. This is the hoe. This is the girl that, you know. So especially coming from a broken home and being a brown girl. And I'm like, well, I want to be the girl that has the family and the wife and I want to be loved and all those things. And I think it helped to a certain degree protect me. But on the other end, it caused a lot of physical imbalances that manifested in me later and just a lack of understanding of myself as a woman and knowing my own desires and, um, and using those desires to fuel and create the life that I really wanted. Like it has a domino effect beyond just like feeling good in the bedroom. It's Mm -hmm. like feeling empowered and whole, you know, as you had mentioned. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Oh, this is already so good. So what you just (laughs) mentioned was uh, kind of that, that feeling of imbalance or maybe kind of the blockages, you know, going back to yoga, it's sounding like maybe some some sacral chakra blockages. I have my 200-hour yoga, yoga certs. So I have a little bit of familiarity with some of the general kind of yoga principles. So if we're, we're feeling that, if we're like, okay, I'm feeling out of balance, or maybe my hips are really tight and I'm feeling like something is just kind of out of whack here, what are some steps we can take to start kind of reclaiming that and opening up there? Well, I'm a yogi like you. And so I love to start with the body, you know, Um, and a lot of people, it's hard for them to get into yoga. I liked yoga because I loved my first class that I took. It was like a vinyasa class and the teacher was really fun. And I felt like a kid and like mind, body, spirit just felt like, ooh, like a recharge. Like I also like that the idea of like caring for my body, not just using it for aesthetic reasons or because you're not working right for me. But this was just like checking in. How did your body, like, I don't know. But sometimes it's hard for people to get into yoga, Mm -hmm. but I would say you still want to do something that gets you back into your body. 
and centered so that you can hear your own voice. And so maybe it's you get in back into nature, you get into hiking, or maybe you take a dance class, a pole class. Um, I know like West Indian culture is really big in Brooklyn. You know, you take a whining class or something that gets you back into your body, something that gets you to where you are opening your hips, circling your hips, you know, working with the energy physically, and then allowing you to center and really focus on yourself. I'm really big on allowing your body to be your temple and taking the time to listen to it, like starting there Mm -hmm. and then like exploring whatever messages, subtle messages your body is telling you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so important. The ability to be able to decipher what messages our bodies are telling us because I think it can be really easy to be disconnected from your body or to maybe feel something, but not understand, you know, what is it telling you and what does this mean? And it's a good first step. Yeah. I think that's a big part of the beginning of the sexual suppression, right? It's like, keep your legs closed. Oh my gosh, you started your cycle. Your life is over, you know? So there's this disconnect with your vulva or your, you know, your reproductive region in general, your erogenous zones, even your breasts. Like there's so much negative and positive sexual connotation around our breasts and how we feel about it and how we're seen. And so there is, it's like, it's something separate from who you are. So that's why when people are like, well, should I take a class? What books should I read? I'm like, start with just reconnecting with your body and then allow your intuition, start to build your intuition and guiding you to maybe what words, phrases, vibes resonate with you. And then take the step of maybe looking at a teacher or a book, because there's a lot of stuff out there. But if you don't know how to take what resonates with you and leave the rest, it can be really dangerous when you're talking about sexual wellness and activities that come along with that industry, right? Mm -hmm. So being connected with your body and your intuition is huge, 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 huge. And yeah, I think that's the first step with what you said, reconnecting with the body. Definitely. That's such a good point, what you just said about there being so much information out there and how important it is to really ground and drop in with yourself before you consume any of it so that you have that discernment of what feels good to me, what's landing, what's not. I, I love that you said that. Yeah. And it's just, it's so much more empowering because I think. A lot of the sexual suppression does come from like not being able to listen to your own voice. And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, this energy feels good, but it's bad. I was told that it was bad. So it's like you're taught not to trust yourself. And so when you become an adult and you realize that, well, these adults that are saying it's bad, like they're saying that this is still something that we do, you know, or like you said, when you get married and it's within the confines of what's acceptable, whatever that is in society, then it's like, okay, now I'm here. But things, bad things can still happen in the marriage. Or if you don't have the boundaries, even in a great relationship, still things, you know, you may not be satiated or happy and only you really know what's best for you. So it's starting to really understand what feels right to you Mm -hmm. so that you can make decisions and protect yourself and have good boundaries and be able to speak up. Um, We really lose our voices 
when we can't trust what feels good to us. And our sacral chakra is about pleasure and the things that that feel good to us. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Sacral chakra work is something that I'm so personally interested in because I still have a lot of work to to do in that area. I'm somebody who, you know, I've been doing yoga half my life and still have very tight hips and still feel at times very closed there. And it's often like an ongoing process. It's not something that we just do once and we're like, oh, now we're open. Like it's a continuous part of our relationship with ourselves. The element that's aligned with the sacral chakra or your sexual center for those of you who may not be familiar with the chakras Mm -hmm. is the ocean and the water. So just think Mm -hmm. the depth yeah. That's in water and in ocean and the memories that are held in water. So yeah, there's so you can explore and evolve that part of who you are for the rest of your life. And a lot of it's extremely intense. Then on top of that, we live in a world where we, even as we're healing, people are like, Mm-mm, no, like yeah. it's, it's an area of life where supposedly there's a lot of freedom Right. And there's a lot of information out there, but it's not not a lot of information grounded in spirituality Mm. (laughs) or like it's always kept separate from what we view as whole and good, moral, you know, high moral good things. So it's hard to navigate such deep, intense consciousness, energy, you know, emotionality, whatever you want to call it with there being so much conflict in the world and around us while we're trying to heal so much generational baggage yeah. that comes with diving into those to those areas of your life so to just approach it you know is a lot and it takes a lot of courage so i commend myself and you and anybody who embarks on the journey of like, you know what, I'm going to explore what feels really right for me and mm-hmm. not worry about everybody else's opinion. It takes a lot of courage to do it, but it's worth yeah. it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We all know the importance of staying hydrated and minding our business, but many of us are actually not properly hydrating ourselves by just drinking tons of water. We need to be replenishing our electrolytes throughout the day, whether we lose them working out, taking a hot yoga class, or enjoying a night out with our girls. Ever since I was introduced to Element last year, it changed my life and it transformed me into a hydrated baddie and I've never looked back. Element is an amazing electrolyte drink mix that has a science-backed electrolyte ratio of sodium, potassium, and magnesium. What I love about Element is that it has no added sugar. So many electrolyte mixes are packed with sugar, which sends your blood sugar through the roof, especially if you're drinking it quickly. But electrolytes are so important for keeping your body in balance. They help with hormone regulation, nutrient absorption, and help us stay hydrated. And when our electrolytes are out of balance, we can experience muscle cramps, fatigue, headaches, and sleeplessness. When I started drinking Element, I noticed a huge difference in how I felt. First of all, it tastes bomb. It's sweet, but also a little bit salty, and it makes it so much easier to up your water intake. So if you don't like the taste of plain water or you have a hard time drinking water on its own, Element will be an amazing addition. 
But two, putting an element in my water throughout the day actually reduced my afternoon fatigue. I felt sharper and I was able to reap the benefits of true hydration, which I could see and feel in my skin and workouts. And let me tell you, an ice cold water bottle with element in it when you're doing hot yoga or a tough workout absolutely hits. There is nothing better. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. So you can try all eight Element flavors or share with a friend. My favorite flavors are the citrus and the watermelon salt, but they are all so good. I even like putting the chocolate salt in my coffee. It's bomb. You have to try it. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash balanced less. Free samples are only available through my links. You can go to drinkelement, D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T dot com slash balanced less, B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D-L-E-S to get a free sample pack with your order. You can also try Element risk-free. If you don't like it, they will refund you, no questions asked so you have nothing to lose. Something that you just said really sparked something for me, and I would love to talk about the kind of intersection of spirituality and sexuality and sensuality, because for a lot of people, myself included, those things sometimes feel at odds. Like I too grew up in church, and there is very much this messaging that sex outside of a very specific way or a very specific state or way of being is bad, that having urges is bad or lust or all of these things are bad. And so for me, I still have a hard time really connecting the sexual and the spiritual because it just feels like there's this polarity there. How can we get comfortable with the intersection of the two? Yeah, I think a lot of that is about what we talked about before and being centered, right? All of us were probably taught some things in our childhood where you learn when you get older. Maybe it's a a rated R movie, right? Mm -hmm. It's really, really bad. Rated R movies are extremely bad. You shouldn't watch them. You're only 13. Then when you get older and you're like, okay, I'm of age. And you'll see, you may see some rated R movies that are considered hostile because they are very graphic, but maybe it's about the Holocaust or maybe mm-hmm. it's a, a you know about somebody's life story and just their journeys of good and bad that they've gone through, like a, an artist or something. Is the movie horrible, really bad? No, it depends on the context. Then you have some media that's very graphic in a way that might give you nightmares or make you feel really bad about the message and it didn't resonate with you. How do you know? So this is a rated R movie too. It's a part of reality, but it's not something that serves you very well. So it's like, okay, so you've got two rated R movies. This Mm -hmm. one within this context doesn't really align with what serves me or doesn't feel that great. This one was intense You know, it was a lot, but I learned something and I I appreciate this type of media. Mm -hmm. I've gained something from it. It's the experience of trusting what aligns with who you are. And and that's why I love the Tantra that I practice is because it's about developing the guru within you. So we all know that we don't know everything. And I do believe in a higher power, but there is also 
a spiritual building of your anatomy that can help you align or strengthen your alignment with your higher self, with God, with answers, with the energies and consciousness that we all come from, right? And so as we strengthen that, that connection, then we are able to decide just like any other area of our life, what, what is more fruitful, mm-hmm. what is more aligned with what's getting us closer to our goals. And that's going to look different for everybody in their life. And so you just have to have the courage to kind of let go and yeah. go by your own human experience mm-hmm. and what's serving you and evolving you. Cause it's good to have integrity, but what's right and wrong you know, it's a lot of times can, is about perspective. Reality is just what is. What works yeah. for you and what doesn't is something else, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's so much power in what you just said that we get to choose what beliefs we move forward with. And a lot of the things that we're presented with are options, but not necessarily the end all be all. And, and I think that I love the way you framed that as, as getting to choose. It's really powerful. Right. Yeah. And, and a big thing is education, mm-hmm. right. Too. I remember I was watching a clip on Instagram about a podcast about masturbation mm-hmm. and they were talking about how, you know, the devil, there's demons that come and they attack you or they disrupt your life when you self-pleasure. I've never had that experience, but what I did is I took this to my teacher and I was like, "There, I'm sure they, re- they got this from somewhere because they were saying, read it, research it, da, 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 da. And we went over the context of history with the Catholic church and some of the scriptures and, and the laws and things that they did and what was going on historically during that time. And, um, and he cleared all of that up. So a lot of stuff is just... I never try to tell people to leave religiously if it serves them, but at least be aware of the context of history mm-hmm. so that you don't feel guilty if there's something that you were taught or even something that was written by a man, mm-hmm. <laughs> man or a woman, but a human being that does yeah. not resonate with you, that you have the, that it gives you the freedom to like, okay, let me set this aside, yeah. you know, and then, then you, it allows you to trust in yourself a little bit more, but you have to do a little bit of digging and be accountable for what you believe in, you know, and not just take it for what it's worth. And there's a lot of information out there. So that helps as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good, such a good piece of advice that, information that's given to us from people is going to come from their lens. And Mm -hmm. I think about like glasses, I have horrible vision. If I use someone else's prescription, that's not going to help me see it. Mm. I can see through my prescription, my lens, not somebody else's. That's what, I don't know. That's what I thought of when you were kind of describing that, if that helps. (laughs) Absolutely. No. And really the best way I think to bridge the gap between spirituality and sexuality in your own life is to experience it. So Mm -hmm. that's why I love what I practice as Tantra, you know, having the experiences, like what I was saying when I was unlocking my hips, there's so many yogis that really don't like the idea of talking about Tantra and sex or yoga and sex and these things. But I was like, my experience who was, I was a stay at home mom for 14 years. I wasn't running the streets. I wasn't watching porn. I wasn't like, I was just, my life was my kids and trying to keep sane, you know, stay in shape, you know, Mm -hmm. all these things. 
But when I started to unlock my hips, sexual energy came up. That was my experience. I wasn't doing anything that could be remotely seen as sexual. You know, I maybe, well, let me take that back. Do the splits or anything. People see that as sexual. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, it, that wasn't the intention, right? But yoga is a spiritual practice, spiritual science, right? Yeah. It's designed to not only open your body, but make you enlightened, make you more aware. So that sexual energy was a part of my spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. So nobody can tell me otherwise. So if you have the intent of wanting to understand truth and you allow yourself to just say, maybe there's a part of you that wants your, your sexual energy to be sacred. You believe Mm -hmm. it comes from God because it does. We didn't create that. Mm-hmm. And let that guide you to experience through meditations, through yeah. a tantra practice. There are teachers that know these scriptures from a long time ago, that there are practices to let you experience the sacredness of your sexual energy. It's there. It's out there. So Yeah. Oh, beautiful. And I know you said that, you know, some yoga teachers don't like to talk about tantra or yoga and sex, but I'm like, that's exactly what I want to talk about. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's get into that part. You've mentioned tantra a few times, and I would love to just maybe step back a little bit and talk about what tantra is for people who are not familiar with the practice of tantra. So can you tell us a little bit more about what tantra is and how we can practice it? Yeah. So first of all, I like to explain to people that Tantra is a science that is accumulation of many past sciences. Mm -hmm. So that's why you'll hear a lot of different definitions. That's where there's a lot of different lineages of the practice, but I like to describe it as a spiritual science. So most of us are familiar with religions or some type of spiritual doctrine, guidance that helps us, I don't know, just live better lives, more maybe more civilized lives. Um, but back in the day, way back in the day, with a lot of our indigenous cultures, it wasn't just guidelines of do this and don't do that. It, there were guidelines to actually help build your spirit, you mm. know, make a, like from a scientific perspective, it's like, yeah. okay. We have the sun and the moon and the stars and they move on after a certain amount of time. And when the moon comes out, there's waves and we feel this way. And like because there wasn't so many distractions and then also there's this I can't think of the word right now, but this theory Mm -hmm. that plants, you know, um, mushrooms partaking in those things kind of guided us towards writing and reading and more spiritual things. So just think if you if you had all the time in the world and you're outside and you were researching nature seasons and the cosmos, you know, what all would come up? And then maybe you are partaking in mushrooms or psychedelics that are kind of opening your mind. Mm-hmm. And our ancestors used those things to see how they could actually build their spirit to become more connected to nature, God, and an understanding of existence, right? Mm -hmm. And so Tantra is a science that does that as well. The difference with Tantra and maybe like the traditional religions that a lot of us are familiar with today is it includes our sexual energy as well as an aspect of reality and existence because it is. Mm -hmm. And in Tantra, within Tantra, Tantra that I practice, 
sexual energy can you be used to also expand be a part of the expansion of your consciousness mm-hmm. you know so it's not just uh it's not just about the the spiritual realm but it's also about the physical realm yeah. and using your body your sexual energy life whatever cards you've been dealt in your human experience how can we use our breath? How can we use our bodies? How can we use this sexual energy? Like, how, how are we using this physical existence to expand our minds and understand God and where we come from? So mm-hmm. a lot of times in other doctrine or other religions, it's like a separate. It's like we have to get rid of this. You can't do this. And then you'll get closer to God. But Tantra is mm-hmm. like, no, you're born here for a reason. And you'll actually be more wise if you're able to use this human experience to understand spiritually how you got here and, and how to become enlightened beings on earth, I guess. Mm-hmm. So that's what Tantra is mm-hmm. about. Oh. And I guess what it is. <laughs> so, so cool. So cool. And it is, isn't it? With Tantra, I mean, I'm assuming I've I've never experienced or practiced Tantra. Is it something that we are able to practice on our own? Is it something we're able to do with a partner, both? What does that look like? That's a really good question. I'm glad you asked that because, again, just like say you're a Christian or a Buddhist, you don't need a partner to practice Christianity or Buddhism. You have certain guidelines and practices that allow you to make your life a little bit easier or yeah. have a greater understanding of deeper concepts and things. So Tantra, no, you, it's nice to have a partner um, because it can amplify the experience, but no, most of my Tantra practices have been on my own things mm-hmm. like yoga, meditation, um, even some of my sacred sexuality, a lot of my sacred sexuality rituals are self uh, cultivation practices, solo practices. And if you think, about it. It makes sense. Like you kind of have to be centered and understand how you feel about yourself. And even the person that you're working with, their intentions are really important because if you're just getting together and doing things, it's not necessarily going to change anything. But so, yeah, it's definitely something you can practice on your own um, because it's a science and you can study Mm -hmm. a science on your own. I would Mm -hmm. say that for most people, you are going to need to be guided because yeah. you need a teacher or a group or something because it's a pretty complex science. It's not yeah. very simple. It's like, I'm going to learn physics on my own. Like <laughs> Some really smart people might be able to. There's also something unique to working with someone who energetically has gone a certain down this path already and then kind yeah. of transferring the energy to you kind of like Reiki. I don't know if you've ever taken Reiki or heard of it, but it's like that those, the practices passed down energetically as well as sharing the information, you know, so you honor your teachers and the teachers that come before you because they've gone through the transformation and there's a certain amount of, I don't know that it it, it holds weight when you're learning. So I would say that if you want to learn, you definitely want to be guided. You want to have some guidance. (laughs) Absolutely. And you offer that type of, of teaching and guidance, correct? So our audience could work with you if that's something that they're interested in. Yeah, absolutely. I'm working more on trying to offer courses. Mm-hmm. I do offer coaching, but um, right now I'm 
doing a yoni breathing course. So for women, it's um, I call it my tantric goddess one-on-one course. Yoni breathing is a practice that connects the breath with the vulva or mm-hmm. the reproductive sacral region of the woman. And yeah. um, it's a lot of kegeling or working on the sexual pump. Your, your pelvic floor is your sexual pump. It's how you have really great mm-hmm. orgasms. It's also how you build the sexual energy. And so what we do is we combine breath work with vaginal contractions and also invite the sexual energy in as well. So instead of just like squeeze, contract, release, contract, release, it's also as you, you invite your sensual energy, your sensual and sexual energy as it naturally comes up. And then we also add mantras, which are seed sounds um, of the universe. So we were taught, you probably were taught in yoga too, that the universe began with at one sound because of the vibrations mm-hmm. and them coming together, clashing and creating more things. And so we add mantras and we do breath work, there's visualizations, and that's the where you begin your tantra practice, setting a a spiritual foundation for your sexual energy. And so that's mm-hmm. the class that I've been building on and probably will continue it just having it like every other month because that's where my path yeah. began as an official tantrika. And so I'm like, okay, so everybody else, we're going to start here too. Yes. Yes. You can share it. That is amazing. Well, we will make sure we link the information to that in the show notes so that our listeners can check it out. It sounds like an amazing class. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that actually is something that your listeners could do on their own. So just to give an example, if, if someone's watching and they're listening, you could close your eyes and you can even place maybe your hand on your heart and maybe one on your, your, pel- your pubic mound. You don't have to have clothes on, but it's nice to do with loose fitted clothes, no underwear or free, you know, no clothes at all. And you close your eyes, you center yourself, you take a few deep breaths and just visualize your vulva visualize your vaginal canal and breathe air into your pelvic floor and then squeeze. So you lift your pelvic floor and then release on your exhale. And then you inhale, you squeeze, exhale, release. And it's really nice too, is as you inhale, maybe imagining a light that's moving from your vulva or your pelvic floor up to your heart. And as you exhale, sending the light back down from your heart to your yoni and releasing the contraction. And just setting maybe five minutes, your timer for five minutes, and just really connecting and visualizing that light from your heart back down to your yoni. Yoni is a Sanskrit mm-hmm. word for vulva. Even that is a like is a simple yoni breathing exercise, and then listen. Yeah. You know, listen yeah. to what your yoni or whatever message is that you're receiving, and then trust it. Mm-hmm. And so, that's a simple like tantric exercise. You're including your body. You have your breath work, and you invite all the the sensual feelings, tingly feelings, to be a part of the practice. You don't. You're not afraid of it. You're not suppressing it. You know, if you're feeling juicy, feel juicy, Mm -hmm. invite that in, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's one thing that they can do. It's very tantric. 
Thank you so much for for giving us that exercise that we can start with. And I think that that perfectly demonstrates what we were talking about earlier, just getting curious and connecting with our bodies and just understanding what is it what is it trying to tell us? And so that simple exercise that you just gave us is sounds like the perfect way to get started. Yeah, and it always it almost reminds me too of the yoga class that I talked about before. Mm-hmm. And you know, like instead of seeing our yonis or our vulvas as something to just take pleasure from or yeah. something to give pleasure to somebody else, or what does it look like? What does it smell like? Like, do I know how to ride dick? All this other stuff. Yeah. What if you just had a practice where you checked in? Mm-hmm. How is my yoni feeling? Yeah what messages, you know, like, like yoga, like, how is my chest feeling? How's my heart feeling? How's my back of my heart feeling? Like if we did the same thing with our yonis, like just starting there and viewing it as a part of the rest of your body, that's Mm -hmm. really important. Not just in the bedroom, in the dark, but also in, you know, just everyday life, like Mm -hmm. everyday in life, you know, how, how is she doing? Yeah. yeah. Checking in. Something that I talk about a lot on this podcast is curiosity and getting curious mm. with ourselves. And that sounds like another beautiful way to just spark curiosity with another part of ourselves. Yeah. It's like, because there's a lot of great like classes out there, like the writing did class and self-pleasure class. And mm-hmm. I'm all about that. But just think if you were meeting someone, dating someone, and you wanted to create intimate connection, maybe the mm-hmm. first thing you don't talk about is riding a dick, you know? Right. Maybe it's- <laughs> right. Yeah. We or work like, up to you know, that, but we don't yeah, like, we work- start there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We work up to that, you know? Yeah. And so I think that's how you want to approach getting into Tantra and sacred sexuality mm-hmm. is- like I love myself on a mental and emotional and energetic level. Yeah. I love, I want to feel a whole, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. I don't want my Yoni to just be about physically what she can do or can't do or what's wrong. Like what's the energy of my yeah. essence, Absolutely. you know, and to start to see that part of yourself in a different way. I was fortunate that my yoga practice began me on a journey of of noticing there was a spiritual or energetic side or a psychological side to this Mm -hmm. sexual energy, right? Some of that was teacher training helped a little bit. No, we didn't talk about that hardly at all, but it must have ignited something in my awareness to be able to make that connection. Mm -hmm. But my yoni gave me those dreams. My sexual energy gave me those dreams that I had. And so that already let me know that there's something deeper going Mm -hmm. on here. You yeah. know, than just I'm horny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where where is that feeling coming from? What's igniting that feeling and leaning into it? Yes, yeah. And if you've gone through any sort of trauma, acute, um, especially, then you know that when that area is imbalanced, it affects mm-hmm. a lot of different areas. And really, yeah. whether you've gone through acute trauma or not, like I even noticed, I'm, I'm much more vocal, much more expressive. I'm much more aware. I'm still working on boundaries, yeah. but I'm much more aware of when I'm allowing my boundaries to be crossed mm-hmm. and because I am more feel more whole with who I am as a woman, yeah. you know? Yeah, so it's 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 very very important. Mm-hmm, definitely. Coming back to that idea of wholeness, and I know it was something we kind of mentioned and kind of touched on at the beginning, but I would love to just hear from your perspective 
what does being sexually whole mean to you? And what does that feel like for you? Wow, what a great question. (laughs) (sighs) Well, I'm 41. And um, I like I said, I was married and was a stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. And over the pandemic, I was one of those people that got divorced. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was like, I'm living my life. And Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to be divorced for a while. And but I, I completely changed my life. Like my now my ex has my kids and I see them, you know, probably every other month or whatever. And which was hard. It was a hard decision to make. Yeah. But um for me it gave me the freedom to kind of start building my life because my ex's life was so big it was like there was no room and he didn't try to make room for my life that much mm-hmm. um and then there was the kids lives so i moved away and was to pursue my dreams that allowed me to have the freedom to sexually just explore mm-hmm. whatever i needed to um to teach however i needed to and so that's kind of where i am sexual yeah. wholeness for me is just to con- is about not allowing any outside influence govern what I feel is right for me and and trusting in that. Because I used to be so scared. And when I discovered this kind of sexual energy and the power that it had and how is it affecting my mind? And then Mm -hmm. my teacher was like, well, you know, this is what you're supposed to be doing for a living. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the scary thing about sexuality too is that it's like when you go down one rabbit hole, it just gets deeper and deeper. Yep. And it's like it never ends. Like, what am I going right. to be doing 10, 15 years from now? But it's taught me to trust myself. So, sexual wholeness for me is about continuing to trust walking in the darkness and, and trusting the evolution of that just more and more and more and, and allowing myself to be whatever this woman is that wants to come out and share and teach however she wants to unashamed and and being healed. Right. So the more that I do this, the more I have, I have access to the the power energetically, but also physically, you know, in my hips and being balanced and flexible and healthy with my hormones, because I'm not suppressing and angry and all these things. So just my health thriving and flourishing, continue to trust myself as I make decisions about exploring more and my sexuality, even if it's way on the other end of what I would ever thought I would do. But for me, that's what feels that feels whole, healthy, mentally, physically, emotionally, and allowing myself to trust myself and continue to explore and grow and evolve. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that is. What about you? Yeah. What is what does that look like for you? That's such a great question because, and I don't know if I was ready for that, and I have to kind of think <laughs> about it for a second. You know, I'll be totally honest. I've been very disconnected for a really long time. I've now been in an extended period of singleness, an extended period of celibacy. And I honestly feel like that's something that I've just had no connection to for a really long time. And I'm almost feeling like I need to kind of start from the ground up and just completely rebuild and reconnect with that part of myself because it's just been a minute. It's been a minute since I've even gone there. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to explore that, you know, we're still pretty early in 2023 and I'm, I'm really wanting to prioritize and explore that more this year. So I think for me, 
sexual wholeness, at least in this part of my life, looks like rebuilding my foundation. And that's beautiful. That's a beautiful place to start. And I think it's also holistic, right? In nature, it gives you room to to like allow whatever to come. Like you're not like, well, I'm gonna go do this and this specifically, um, which is not bad either. But it's like just being open to yeah. building that area of your life wherever you need to start. And that's great, right? Like we each have a different sexual personality and we don't need to be comparing other people's journeys to our own. And I think that's, what's really important too. Like there's so many, I think a lot of women hesitate as well because it's like, well, I don't see myself doing that, even though it could be you one day, but your journey needs to be however it needs to be. Cause people are like, well, does polyamory really work or it does, you know, like, like all these questions, because there's so much stuff coming up, but it's like, it needs to work for you. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, your sexual journey, wellness journey needs to look like you. It needs to feel like you. It needs to feel good. And um, that's why I'm really happy to be a voice. I was scared for so long. So I was like, well, I don't, I haven't slept with all these people. I've just been married to the same person right out of college for 14 Mm -hmm. years. I don't know this or that. I Mm -hmm. don't know all the different terminology for positions and all that stuff. My journey started with yoga, but then I realized, well, there's a lot of women that are like in between, you know, they're not like in swinging from chandeliers all the time. (laughs) And they're not all super, super conservative. A lot of us are like, are like in between. And so I'm excited for you. I'm excited that you're thinking about it and open to the possibilities and yeah, that means this year is going to be juicier for you. <laughs> Thank you. No, I appreciate that. And something that I'm I'm very hard-headed. So this is a lesson that I'm learning in a lot of areas of my life. I think being a very ambitious person, and I know a lot of our listeners can relate to this. I'm sure you can relate to this. We think so much about the end result or the final destination. And it's finally like getting through to my school that the final destination is not why I'm doing things. The experiences that I'm having along the way is why I do the things that I do. And so I'm learning to appreciate each step I'm taking while I'm taking it instead of looking to the next thing or looking to the end result. Because I'm sure, you know, whatever level I reach or thing I do will be beautiful when I get there. But where am I right now? And what is just the one next thing that I do and the next thing that I do? And I think that that also very much applies to sensuality and sexuality. And I know for me, I'm not going to go from several years celibate to like swinging off the chandelier. I mean, I'm not opposed (laughs) to swinging off a chandelier, but there's some steps, definitely a lot of steps in between where I'm at right now and where that chandelier is. And I can enjoy those steps (laughs) along the way. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, and I think that's good too, because then, you know, you did things because you wanted to do them, not because somebody convinced you or it was right or wrong. You did what felt good to you because there's things that I'm doing. I'm like, wow, I'm doing this, but I, it was so gradual. I don't regret because I felt in my body that I was fine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I think I'm, I think I'm ready to dive in, you know? Yeah. And so this part of your life is like any part of your life. There are going to mm-hmm. be some hiccups. There are going to be like some challenges, maybe some things like, yeah, should I did, did that? But I would say <laughs> this is also the part of my life where there, I don't have as many regrets because mm. maybe because I haven't done enough, but I also just think because <laughs> I also just think because 
it's very, very much an intuitive part of who you are. Yeah. So it's not likely that it's going to guide you too far off the ledge unless you are disconnected. Right. Right. Like your head can have you overthinking, at least for me, have me overthinking, over planning, getting in my way. Yeah. But when I do things just purely out of pleasure or out mm-hmm. of something that feels good, food, I can get overindulgent in, but that's also because of stuff they put in the food. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, it's very rarely like, where I'm like, man, I had too much sex. Mm-hmm. You know, there've been times where I may have played with my vibrator a little bit too much. I'm like, oh, okay. Like you need, you should have put more lube or whatever, <laughs> but <laughs> cause you're, it's like, ah! yeah. but, but it's, it's, but it's, it hasn't been anything that's been ever since I've been connected with my body, especially. Right. Um, it's been very hard for me to do things that feel way out of pocket and, right. and feel like, oh my gosh, I couldn't recover. Mm-hmm. And anything that I, that felt like, oh my gosh, the world's going to end, I was able to recover. Right. Um, and it wasn't as bad. It was just the negative connotation around, oh, sex is so bad. And if something right. doesn't go quite right, it's like, oh, I'm a hoe or, oh, I must be this girl now. Or, oh, my vagina's broken. It's not really, it's not the case, you know, right. so- Totally. I feel like that totally relates to, you know, kind of what we keep coming back to is getting in touch with yourself and listening to yourself, whether something is great, whether that's like, okay, maybe not. It's all related to just being aware of where we're at and making sure that our mind and our body are staying connected. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, starting to explore sexual wellness starts off with just doing what feels good. Like if you know that you'd really want to have like honoring your desires, like if you know you really would like to have a great orgasm or if Mm -hmm. you know you'd really like to make an emotional, intimate connection that allows you to feel juicy, you know, in your yoni, um, you want both, you know, like honor that and start to allow the universe to bring that to you, like opening mm-hmm. up just like a job or anything else, like honoring. Cause I think a big part, when I think back to being married, I think a big part of my sexual suppression too, was just thinking I did not deserve pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like it was just like, Oh, that's just, I don't really know what I thought about it. Mm-hmm. I guess it was just something in the back of my head. Like I was content with being desired. My yeah. husband desired me. He was happy. And I got like a little friction excitement. I never was completely satiated, but mm-hmm. that's another story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just, I just was like, okay, I guess this is just the way it is. So I'm like, all right, you know, and I just went ahead with my life. And then later on as the sexual person, I guess, couldn't take it anymore. And I just became aware of it later because I slowed down through my yoga practice. I realized I was like, oh, this is what I deserve. Like I deserve to to feel pleasure and feel juicy and feel sexy. And this is a part of my life as a woman. And this, I deserve this, you know? So if there's a part of you that's like, yes, I would like to feel more pleasure. I want it those amazing orgasms that I see mm-hmm. with equatorial vaginal, whatever it is. I want it for me for a long time. I wanted to explore being with women more and I couldn't, you know? And mm-hmm. so like I allowed myself to do that once I moved away. And yeah. so if you've got, you know, those desires, you know, honor them, 
you know, with intention, yes, yes. <laughs> with some Definitely. boundaries, yeah. but um, consciously, Definitely. if you, if, instead of letting them boil over, then all of a sudden you're like, dang, what happened? Right. <laughs> Who is in this bed? Kind of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like let it, let, let it come consciously and intentionally be like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to set this boundary and this boundary for myself, but I'm going to go after this and I'm going to allow the universe to bring it to me and I'm going to say yes when it comes. Yes, yes. Oh, that resonates with me so much because a, a large part of why I have just, you know, kind of opted out of <laughs> participating for the past few years is because I realized that I was mistaking emotional connection for being desired. And I learned that for me, emotional connection is really important. Like the physical alone just doesn't do it for me. I, I require emotional connection. And for a long time, I thought that men desiring me was the same thing as an emotional connection. And it's not. It's not mm -hmm. at all. And when I learned yeah. that difference, I was like, oh, actually, I'm kind of good off of this right now until, you know, we work something else out. And that's been a really big kind of awakening and understanding that I've gotten over the past few years. And so as you were talking about that, it just really struck me. Yeah. And I think that's the great thing about getting older and evolving with your sexuality, right? Yeah. I think that when you're younger and you've got a lot of hormones running mm -hmm. through your body and you're just young, everything is new, yeah. right? Yeah. So like being desired might have turned you on and that's okay. But as you get older and you become a little bit more sophisticated yeah. and your wants and needs change, it's like, yeah. oh, this is not enough. Right. And it's okay. Then it's time to up the ante, you mm -hmm. know, like some women will be like, oh, I want my pussy to be wet all the time and blah, blah, blah. Well, first of all your pussy goes through cycles and so right. it's not supposed to be super juicy all the time exactly. but also do you really want to be like a horny teenage girl your whole life that <laughs> just gets excited over like boy bands and stuff like I, oh. I mean I still get excited over those things but I'm a grown woman right you're gonna have to come with it you're exactly. gonna have to stimulate my mind you're gonna mm -hmm. have to connect with me you're yeah. gonna have to come in a little bit mature and maybe a little bit more skill a little yeah. bit more thoughtfulness and Yay for me, because that means that the sex is just going to get better because I require more. Yeah, I want the pussy to be juicy because you deserve to have a juice pussy or right. because I, you know, like I'm actually being happy, not because right. it's just always ready. You know, right. what I'm solely a physical response. It's I right. want, I want yeah. it to be connected to a little bit more than that. Yeah. And like good for us that we get to explore more and evolve more, you mm -hmm. know, more fine cuisine, our yes. taste and clothes change of what we, you know, like that's, it's supposed to happen sexually too. Yes. And so that's great that when we make those types of like, you know, like, oh, no, I think I want more now. And, mm -hmm. and that's a good thing. And, and mm -hmm. you should allow yourself to have that. And I'm like you too. I didn't know that that was so important, but I didn't grow up seeing that. Yeah. And I didn't uh, see that as an example. And even our society, emotional nurturance is not something we're taught that's really important. Yeah. You know, it's all about aesthetics, all about money, all about power, influence, everything else but that. Ooh, so. We could do a whole episode on that. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. It is so true. Oh, my goodness. Well, Crystal, thank you so much much. I loved this conversation. I feel like I learned so much. I feel like there's so many things that I'm like, we could do more episodes based off of like each segment that we talked about. And I just so appreciate you being here and sharing your knowledge and your story with our audience. 
if our listeners want to keep in touch with you, if they want to follow your work, how can they find you? It's just sexy voice. Okay, girl, it's there. Thank it's you. There. The juiciness is there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Um, if you want to find me, go to crystaltantricyogi.com. That's my website. Please sign up for my newsletter because I'm a new growing business and I'm yeah. still deciding, oh, I'm going to throw a course out here or if I do exclusive content and you want you want to see that, um, that's where you're going to find it. So please sign up for the newsletter. I won't bombard you with a thousand emails because it's just me. So that's the first. And then Crystal Tantric Yogi on IG and also on YouTube. I think it's Tantrika Queen on Twitter. I'm not as active on Twitter, but I am on Twitter. (laughs) And I'll give you my link so that you have that. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. And please, anytime you want to talk about any of those subjects and you need somebody, please call me because I really enjoyed this podcast and talking to you. You have great energy. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. And I loved having you here, loved having this conversation. So I'm super excited to stay in touch and we will make sure that we have all of your information linked in the show notes too, so that it's easy for everybody to find you. All right. So immediately after this interview, I was on Google looking up local Tantra workshops because now I really want to check out the practice. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation and learned as much from it as I did. Head to the show notes to keep up with Crystal and for more information on ways you can work with her. Thank you so much to Crystal for joining us, to our amazing sponsors for supporting the show, and to you for tuning in. Next week, we're wrapping up our intimacy series with a conversation about building intimacy within ourselves so that we can foster secure connections with others. Make sure you're subscribed and I'll see you here next week. Thank you.